I'm so excited to share the word with you. Uh, Annie, if you could put the words up, and as I always like to do, I want to give the honor to the word of God. So if you could arise in the reading of the word. We're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 3, okay, starting it with verse 8. So this time I will read, and I may just ask you to repeat a word here and there, okay? So 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 8, it says, So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue the troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Everybody say, recover all. Recover all. 1 Samuel 30, verse 18, it says, So David recovered, everybody say recovered, recovered. all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. Verse 19, and nothing, everybody say nothing, nothing. of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Let's all say David recovered all. Go. David recovered all. By the way, that's the title of today's message. David recovered all. We're going to jump to Joel 2.25 really quickly. It says, I will restore. Everybody say restore. Restore. To you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Okay, I'm going to skip to Zechariah 9.12. It says, return to the stronghold, you prisoners of hope. Even today, I declare that I will restore, restore double. Everybody say double, double to you. Let us pray. Father, I thank you that you have given us a prophetic word of promise this week. Amen. That we will recover everything we lost in the past that you are releasing your anointing to recover. You are calling us to take back what is ours, to take back our space, to take back what is rightfully ours. And not only will we recover what we have lost, but you will restore double to us, Lord. So we say yes and amen to your prophetic promise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Okay, so earlier this week, as you all know, Benjamin and I had to move out of our space, and we had to move in with our mommy and daddy, right? For season, for short season, right? Where God is setting us up. And so for us, this is a strategic plan, okay? We are backing up a little bit to set us up so that we could increase and flourish financially. So we are giving up our condo that we leased so that in God's time, we could actually purchase our own home, okay? So this is a step of faith for Benjamin and, and I. So as I'm vacuuming, I don't know, Monday or Monday, I think, I was vacuuming. And I was having a conversation, right, with Jesus, right? I think um, Sean and Carol Dawn, you guys were there on Monday, right, helping us? And they're downstairs, right, fixing and cleaning, and I'm vacuuming. And I was like, you know, kind of like giggly, kind of like, you know how like when you like 
do something funny and you're kind of ashamed a little bit, but it's not that bad, you know? It's like when I first came to America, right? First friend I've ever made, like the first day I landed, right? My auntie took me to a friend, I, and she's still, you know, one of my childhood BFF, right? I remember the first time I met her, I accidentally let out a gas, right? Mm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, was, I was like, oh, and we all laughed. And before then, we couldn't talk to each other, but because, like, you know, I did that, like, we all laughed and we started playing together, right? It's like, oh, I'm kind of ashamed, but oh, it was kind of like that kind of attitude. It's like, oh, yeah, I know I trust you, but, you know, I'm 47 years old and I'm moving in with, you know, my mother-in-law. Oh, you know, kind of giggly, kind of ashamed a little bit, but like, I trust, I trust you, God, I trust you. I, I, I trust, yeah, I trust, of course I trust you, right? So I'm vacuuming, like, just, you know, giggly and, you know, kind of ashamed, but like, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, right? you know, having a conversation with God. And all of a sudden, this, I felt the spirit of God come upon me. And I felt him saying, you will recover everything. Like, ooh, what? What? I was like, look at your hands. I was like, uh, what do not possess what you once possessed? I was like, a lot of things. Maybe it's my confidence. Maybe my pride. Maybe trust. I don't know. Finances. A lot of things, God. A lot of things. And he said, what was once in your hands that you don't see? Sonny, I am releasing my anointing so that you could recover it all. Oh, I was like, ooh, amen. Yes, Lord, yes. And I felt like that, that he said, but I will restore double. And I was like, what? I mean, I'll be just happy recovering what yeah. I lost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be happy. You know, that when... Oh, Bitcoin was happening, and I let my husband invest some. I mean, I'll be happy just recovering that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the IRS, you know, the, the you know, 9,000 taxes, like, they took, and another 9,000, they're going to, I'll be happy if I could just recover that. I'll be, like, praising you, jumping up and down, like, maybe a tear here when I recover that, you know? God, I'll be happy, you know? If I could just recover what I have lost. And I feel like God was saying, Sonny, what you have lost represents one ring. And I am releasing a prophetic promise that, that what there's one ring that you lost. You lost and you don't see it anywhere. But when I restore what you have once wrought, lost, it's not going to be just one ring. There's going to be two. There's going to be three. I don't usually wear many rings, but <laughs> what's going to be in your hands after this season is double, Amen. triple. Amen. And you know what? I believe God. And I was kind of like, whoa. You know what? Because last time God gave me this similar prophetic word. Some of you, you were there. We were across the street. God said, Sonny, what is in your hand? I said, uh. And you know what he said? Back then, he said, I will double what is in your hand. I said, ooh. Okay, and then I will double it again. Ooh, and then I will double that again. I will double it as long as your faith believes wow. for it. And as a church, as a church, before that prophetic promise came, as a church, we had about $40,000 in our bank. Do you know, 
before that year ended, do you know how much money our church ended with that year? Over $500,000. Hey! Come on! What the? Last time he promised us that he will double. He did more than the, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, double of 40,000 is 80,000. But we ended up with more than 500,000 in one year. We didn't get 100 more members. You hear me? But he, this week, this week, he says, Sonny, you're going to recover all, and you're gonna, I'm going to restore double. Yes. I'm going to restore double. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like I've been telling you, there's been storm after storm after storm, and God is teaching us how to ride the storms, not get... Right? You see those video, YouTube videos where the, 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 the waves come and people get, right? Yeah. Just come under. But no, we're not going to, you know, fall under that wave and drink lots of salt water and come out all crazy. No, we're going to be like surfers riding those waves. Right? And so I looked at, I looked at 1 Samuel 30. Okay, let's put that. Verse 1. Let's start, let's start with verse 1, right? Here, David and his men, they come back to their home, to their village, and they realize the Amalekites. Everybody say Amalekites. Amalekites. Okay, when I say Amalekites from now on, these are the demonic spirit behind. Okay? Everything that has come against you, your finances, your relationship, your faith, whatever. Amalekites, okay? Sorry, Amalekites, but for prophetically what they are going to uh, represent. Amalekites came and they attacked Ziklag. This is their home, their village, okay? They have burned everything, all the houses with fire, and they have taken captive Women, children, and their flocks. They took everything small to great. But it says they did not kill anyone. But they carried them away. And they have been taken captive. I want to focus on attack. Have you ever been attacked and found yourself being attacked? I remember I, I was, as I was preparing, I remember when was the last time I felt like, all of a sudden attack. I was, I believe, in fifth grade, okay? Cindy, you like this story. <laughs> fifth grade, I'm, I walked to the playground, okay? This was Anchorage, Alaska, okay? I didn't speak English that well at that time. I wish I had Cindy as my friend at that time, okay? <laughs> I walked to the playground, and this big old kid was beating up on a small kid, Right? So I was like, hey. So I went closer. You know, like from a young age, I was like, you know, I root for the, you know what I mean? Like I want to fight for those, right? And so I go forward, and then that little kid was my little brother. I was like, oh, no way, right? So I ran, and, and I grabbed the big kid, and I threw him off of my little brother. I said, you better, with broken English, you better not hit my brother, right? And I was like, Ugh. I wish my brother was here. He probably <laughs> forgot about that. And I was just like so angry, right? And then, and then, uh, and then I was like, that kid ran off and I was just playing with my, I should have went home, but I didn't. I, I played with my little brother there. And all of a sudden, this big kid went and brought his older brother. And without giving me any warning, this big old kid came and started to pound 
pounce me. A little girl, right? This big boy was start to punch me, kick me, and I'm down and he's kicking me. I'm going, oh, oh. And in that moment, in that moment when demons attack you in your mind, in your marriage, right? In your faith, it's like you found yourself in, oh, getting punched and getting, getting kicked and you're like, wait, why am I here? What's going on? I'm just drawing you a picture of being a cat. <laughs> Don't you sometimes find yourself, how the, did I get here? Wait, we, we paid off all our credit card debt. Preach. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait, wait, what? Preach. What happened? You just find yourself in this pit and you're getting attacked and, and you're like, wait, what? You find yourself. See, David and his men came and they realized that they have been attacked. The key is this though. They did not kill anyone. So you see, John 10.10 10 says, the thief does not come except to number one, steal, kill, and destroy. And you know, Pastor Robert, our pastor, Benjamin, my pastor, last week or two weeks ago, this is what he told us. We're dealing with a lot of chaos right now. And this is what he said. He said, Benjamin, Sonny, do not allow the enemy to steal your peace. I know, like situationally, it causes, like, like things that happens, you know, things that happen causes anxiety but if you allow that anxiety to take over if if you allow the enemy to steal your peace he doesn't end there you know what I mean oh I got you and your heart is filled with anxiety and you allow the enemy to steal your peace and your joy and then pretty soon your whole body is filled with poison right from your brain that releases and then your stomach hurts right and you have a lot of diarrhea you don't know why or like your leg itches and then you know and you have a headache and you don't know why and and you know what I mean like physically like like we all gonna die one day but when we allow the enemy to steal our peace He makes us die sooner. Yeah. He makes us almost even experience the power of death wow. even when we are yeah. still alive. But then, you know, if he kills us and that's over and that's it, it's like sometimes I don't care. Yeah. Like this is too hard. Let me just die. I don't care. Yeah. Right? Sometimes when you go into that discouragement, it's like just take me, God. Like, like I would love to be in heaven right now, right? <laughs> and, and so you're like, just kill me. I don't care. Like sometimes death is better. The enemy tr- speaks to your lies. And so we think that's better. But you know what? It doesn't end with enemy killing you. Once he allows to steal from you, he's going to kill. Once he kills, guess what? He's going to destroy. He's going to destroy your family. He's going to destroy your treasures. He's going to destroy. Do you understand? He's going to burn. He's going to burn your city down. Right? So... If you, if we want to protect from the enemy from taking over our space, our home, our village, our family, our faith, you have to start with not allowing the enemy to steal and not allow the enemy to kill. Look at verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to Weep. Oh my gosh, right? No more power to weep. Have you ever been there? Mm -hmm. 
Anybody? If you were there two Wednesday nights ago at Wednesday night prayer, you probably saw that. I'm praying. And you normally, when I experience the presence of God, even when I'm happy, I cry. Okay? The way my physical body responds to the presence of God, I cry. But then this Wednesday night, it was beyond just I love you. This Wednesday night, something came over me and I started to wail, wail before God where I lost every strength from my body and I found myself on the floor with the puddle of my tears and snots and just just not praying, not being able to pray, not even in tongues, not even in English or Korean. You know, when I preached about like Korean bruising, like not even that, right? It was just like, ah, just, just screaming and wailing until I had no power to weep. Anybody been there? I've been there. I remember many, many, like, I don't know, about a decade ago, I was in Indonesia with, like, very small team. And during devotional, this wailing came, and I had no strength left over during our devotional. And after that, something in me said, God spoke to me in my spirit after I wailed like this. He said, it's time to go rescue. You see, there were two kids that, has, that have been taken out of the orphanage into bondage. And I've been waiting for time to go and, and rescue them. And did you know that day, we, before that wailing, I didn't even know which village they were at. Did you know I gathered the locals and said, it's time for us to get them. Did you know by end of that night, we all went to bed with those two kids in that orphanage. You see, when the wailing of the Lord comes on you, God does more than your mind understands. If you would allow yourself in your distress, go before God. Face the pain. Face it and cry. Allow the Holy Spirit to release that wailing. I just knew last two Sundays ago, I was two Wednesdays ago, God, you, I don't understand it. All Thursday, I had no physical strength. I don't understand it, but you're doing something. You're doing something beyond what I, my mind can understand. Look at verse 6. It says, now David was greatly distressed. Everybody say greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Oh my gosh, people, right? Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, everybody say David, David. strengthened himself in the Lord. Okay, greatly distressed. You know what it means? This, if you're greatly distressed, you're, you're anxious and you are afraid. When you're anxious and you are afraid, you know what happens? You are tempted to give up your space and allow the lies of the enemy to take over. Oh, hopelessness and helplessness takes over. So I shared this with our leaders a couple of weeks ago, and I want to teach you this. Okay, you ready? All right. Caroline Leaf is a Christian cognitive neurologist, okay? Caroline Leaf, okay? This is what she said. She said, Every time you choose a wrong thinking, you're damaging your brain. (gasps) You thought you were just, you know, I'm just being real. Guess what? You being real, you're damaging your brain. Okay? Okay? We are making our brain toxic every time you think something wrong. You know, she calls this thing called cognitive dissonance. Everybody say dissonance. Dissonance. She says even 
people use scripture and Christianese to damage our brain. Listen, let us reason together. If you say something you do not actually believe, you are causing brain damage. Okay? If there's a contradiction between what you say and what you believe, what you are saying comes from that toxic group in your brain. Okay? If it's not what you believe, then it causes brain damage. For example, everybody say, for example. For example. You say, all is well. <laughs> so who says that a lot, right? I say that a lot. All is well. What a, what a, God is my provider. Oh, God will fight my battle. All these Christianese, right? We believe it, but we say it. But if you say God is my provider, if you say that, but you don't actually believe it, if you say with your words, God is my provider, but all day, you're like, what am I going to do? I'm going to pay the bills. Oh, man, uh, Amy owes me $20, but she never paid me back. She always does that, right? She always forgets to bring her. Oh, man. Like, you just go on and on and on. So what you say and what you actually believe is different. And when you say something that you don't believe, it causes brain damage. And she said, every thought you think becomes a memory. Every time you think, you are building a memory. And if you keep building this toxic memory, right? Every time you say it, it causes those chemicals to come out to release that toxic in your brain in, and in your body. But she calls also, she says there's this, for every human being, there's this place called superposition. Everybody say superposition. Okay. This is what she said. We have phenomenal ability as human beings to stand back and literally watch ourselves respond. Okay? We are designed, everybody say designed, designed. to be deliberate and intentional. Okay? And as soon as you become intentionally aware, you are bringing structural change in your brain. And you know what? I, oh, I hear people say, oh, I have no choice. Well, he did this. I had no choice. I ha you react and you say you had no choice. In reality, you always have a choice. Hmm? You always have a choice. And I, when I was studying this, I realized, you know, beginning of our marriage, I told you our first couple of years of our marriage was H-E-L-L, -L, right? We didn't have honeymoon stage, right? We have honeymoon stage now, right? <laughs> and so during that time, I remember Benjamin and I would just fight and fight, fight about everything. And I feel like if I could, if I just drop it, then he'll never learn. And we're just putting issues under the, under the, under the rug. And then we're not being responsible. So I felt like I had to fight everything out, you know? And so I, I used to, we used to fight a lot. And that's why a lot of married couples, you come to us with your thing. We're like, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> we have faith for you because we've been worse, right? And so during like one of those, like every, before God, every single one of those nasty fights, I'm like, you didn't, right? You are selfish, right? But here, like in the side of my mind, I hear worship music playing in my mind. Here I am to worship. Here I, you are so selfish. I hate you. You don't love me. Here I am to worship. Here I am. Not 
<laughs> it's not time to say. And I keep ignoring it and ignoring it. But you know what I realized was that in that moment of distress, God was calling me to a particular space. Okay? L listen, okay? According to Viktor Frankl, right? Jen, Jen will be my witness. This is what she told me, right? A Viktor Frankl is a Holocaust, Holocaust survivor who was also a neurologist. I did not know he was a neurologist, okay? He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. This is what he said. Between stimulus, thing that happens to you, and your response, there is a space. In that space lies our power to choose our response, and in our response lies our growth and our freedom. You know what he was saying is this. In the concentration camp, they took every freedom away. Freedom to eat, freedom to even retaliate. He can't fight that. You hear me? Freedom to say no, freedom to ask. They took every form of freedom. But what Vic Victor was saying is this. But between the pounce, between the abuse, between the torment, that stimulus, and my response to that stimulus, there is a space. Everybody say space. space. See, there is a gap. There is a space. And in that space, I have complete freedom. You could take away my freedom to eat, but you can't take away my freedom to respond. There is a space that you and I have. I believe what Victor is saying, that space, I believe that's what Caroline Leaf is saying. You see, there is a space as a human being superposition where we are able to back up, stand back, okay? I'm talking to Grace, and Grace is accusing me and I'm trying to defend myself as I'm talking to Grace, there's a space where I could stand back and I could communicate with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this feels unfair. Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. What is the best way for me to respond? You know, in this space, I could have conversation with God at the same time, I am developing the words that I want to respond. You hear me? But in a battle, when we are attacked, just imagine me getting beat up by that kid, right? In that moment, okay, in that moment, the enemy wants to take this space. Only way they're going to take that space is if you give that space up. But if you don't give that space up, concentration, concentration camp, physically, you have no choice, right? But in that space in your mind, no one could take that. And when you are being attacked and you are greatly distressed, you have to understand, you have to understand, even in toxic relationships where you feel like, I have no choice. No, the reality is you and I have a freedom and a choice in that space. I didn't know what to do. If you could just stand, come to that space, you are able to self-evaluate in that, as I'm talking, I could self-evaluate, why am I feeling this? Hmm? You are able to 
take on the incoming trigger of grace attacking me, but I could also go, go to God and receive the upcoming trigger. But Sonny, I've given you wisdom. Sonny, you could talk to her in love. Sonny, you don't have to punch her back even though you really want to. And my choice to not punch her back when she punched me, that's my freedom where I am able to make, I get to choose how I respond, okay? Now, this is a side. It's not part of my sermon, but I'm going to give it to you because you did it, okay? According to Caroline Lee, for your health, Every day, 16 minutes a day. Everybody say 16 minutes. 16 minutes. 16 minutes a day, it is very important that you rest your brain. Mm. And she said, what she said was, for 16 minutes, put your phone away. Don't have your phone next to you, in your pocket. Put the phone in the other room. Go away from your computer. <clears throat> Go away from technology. For 16 minutes a day, you just daydream. <laughs> you just daydream. She says that it cleanses your brain. It unclutters your brain. If you are able to do that for 16 minutes a day, you will learn how to have health in your brain. And you know what? I tried it. And it really works. And I even, you know, when I learn something new, I always make my husband and my daughter do it. <laughs> so after we pick Aletheia up, guess what we do? We get a blanket, we go to the park, and we just lay out. And so I know Aletheia is like, she can't do 16 minutes straight, right? So uh, we, I make her do like five to six minutes in the beginning. She's like, oh, this is boring. Shh. Don't think, right? Just think something good, happy, you know? And she's like rolling around. And then after a few, I said, okay, let's daydream together. And we use our words. First, I say something oh, imagine we're on the beach and, and we're drinking something cold and eating cold and, and sweet watermelon because that's her favorite. I make that sound and I make her imagine, right? And, and I do that for five minutes and then Benjamin takes over. And then imagine daddy comes and picks you up and daddy takes to your home it's so beautiful and he just describes this beautiful house and I said surprise this is a new home and we're like yay right it's not even real but we're like we're we're like Woo! right and, and then and then we said Aletia you do it and you know what it's amazing that she's able to like think of all these amazing things right we do that 16 minutes a day. I don't know, Jennifer, you could do the research and let me know. I don't know if it's related, but ever since we did that, her ability to do math went from here what? to there. No matter how much I teach her math, right? She doesn't, uh, I'm like, wait, I just taught you this. <laughs> wait, Alethea, remember you understood this like five minutes ago. What? And I couldn't, like, she's my daughter. She's 50% Korean. You should be, math should be easy. <laughs> but after about a week of resting her brain away from phone, right, I limited her phone time, right, and I made her imagine and rest her brain. Oh, next week, she's like, Mommy, math is easy. What? And I actually saw her do her homework. She actually gets it. And I was like, oh, all this time, all this time. You see, when I was growing up, I didn't have a phone. 
Yeah. Right? So math was easy because I was able to use my brain. But when you constantly look at, like, of course, she doesn't have, she doesn't look at Facebook, but she's YouTube videos and slimes. You're constantly checking your Facebook and Instagram and you, it's like, okay, I posted this. Oh, how many people like that? Oh, you keep doing that and you think you're just, you know, like not being bored, but you are cluttering your brain. Which keeps you not optimal in, in using. Remember, those in my generation, we used to memorize all phone numbers. <laughs> like 30, 40, 50. I, I, I just know mine and Benjamin's. I don't even know Alethea's because it's just on the phone. You hear me? I feel like. I feel like this is what Viktor Frankl said. That space, it's yours. No one could take yeah. that. Yeah. You have a choice. You have the freedom to choose your reaction. Everything can be taken away from you, but not your freedom to choose your response. This is what he said. But if you could find meaning in your suffering in your life, the suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds meaning. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that deep? I hear the Lord saying, living hope, living hope, time to take your space back. From clutters of Facebook, Instagram, Netflix, right, emails, time to take that space back. From lies of the enemy, insecurity, anxiety, disillusionment, discouragement, that space, it's yours. But you've been, we have been just stepping, okay, enemy take over. We have allowed the enemy to steal our space. You see, people were ready to stone David because they were bitter in spirit. You see, if you give the space up, bitterness enters. And bitterness enters even though it wasn't your fault that you've been abused, even though it wasn't your fault fault that somebody stole something from you even though it wasn't your fault if you give up that space bitterness enter and once you allow that bitterness to enter your thinking is whacked the enemy takes that space and influences your thinking oh nobody cares anyway why bother call they don't care why oh god doesn't care for you he doesn't right the enemy influences your thinking when you give up this space you'll be surprised at how many wrong things christians actually believe because they've given up this space it's like alethea coming to mommy you don't love me anymore i'm like what I would die for you. You don't love me. And she could actually believe that lie if she gives that that space. And often we go before God. You know, you never answer my, you don't know, you know, you, you said you were healed, but you, ah, you, your belief about God right. is influenced wow. by the lies of the enemy. And because your thinking is influenced, your belief changes. Something that you believe that was biblical 10 years ago, now you're like, well, is that really biblical? Does, I mean, does really God say that in the Bible? And you start to question. Some of you, you were there a few years ago. When I fight Benjamin, I gave that space up, and you know, the enemy influenced my feelings and my thoughts. And, and you know what I used to say to Benjamin all the time? I said, you 
selfish man. I said worse words than a man. <laughs> you selfish, you don't love me, you love yourself. And then he's like, but what, what about when I, you know, cook for you and I got you in and out at three, at one in the morning because you liked it. What about when I took the garbage out? And I said, even then you did that because you wanted something from me. <gasps> you selfish man. And I really believed it. I went out, not all the time, but when I was mad. Yeah. And every time we fight, you don't love me. And Benjamin's like, I wish I could cut my heart open and show you. And, and when you do that, I'll see your <laughs> selfish man. And I remember God started to speak to me about that, right? I don't know, if, tell me if you were there. I actually, when I was preaching, I knelt as I was preaching before Benjamin and before everybody, I said, as before the witness of church members, Benjamin, I repent for questioning your love. From this moment on, no matter how angry I get, I will never question your love for me. Who was there? Who remembers that? And you know what, Kevin? I could say with confidence, from that moment on, I never verbally. <laughs> Accused Benjamin of not loving me. You hear me? The enemy wants to take over that space because once the way you think and what you believe is influenced by him, when you look at tomorrow, you see it with anxiety. You know what Caroline Leaf said? We live in a generation of anxiety. Yeah. It's like anxiety is the normal state yeah, of everybody. And so here, with this space up, with all the technology that made our lives easier, it actually made us stop using our brain. And because we stopped using our brain, we are influenced by the lies of the enemy. And I am anxious. So when I look at my tomorrow, I don't expect good. What do I expect? Do. I expect IRS to tax me more, right? I expect, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, right? I expect negativity. I expect bad things to happen tomorrow. But God is saying, do you believe me when I say I'm going to restore everything you have lost, that you're going to recover, but not only what you have lost, but double? Do you really believe that? Who believes that? Amen. Hey, hey, even if you believe it, if you don't take your, your space back, even you say, I believe it, cognitive dissonance. You don't really believe it. You're just saying it and you're just raising your hand because that's the right thing to do as a Christian when the pastor asks you the question. But in reality, you really want to see the double? Then you got to take this space back and say, anxiety, get out. You see, uh, Annie, where's that scripture? Here it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. When you are pounds. You are getting pounds and attacked by the enemy. You have to realize, oh my God, you, you are greatly distressed. You know, a lot of therapists and neurologists say the best way to deal with anxiety when it comes is name it. I am. And yesterday, Benjamin was having one of his moments. I was like, Benjamin, Benjamin, look at me. What are you feeling? I don't know. My heart is just, you know. I was like, Benjamin, just name what you're feeling. Uh, 
I don't, I'm anxious. What are you anxious? Okay, what are you afraid about? Oh, uh, I'm afraid that I'm not gonna have answers. Okay, about, about what? And so, like, if you're able to name, name what you're feeling in this space. Okay, God, I feel very overwhelmed. I feel like I have no faith. But God, what do you see? What are you doing? And in this, when you take this space back and you look at tomorrow, oh, shoot. Your expectation changes. Yes. And so in this space, David strengthens himself in the Lord and he inquires God. Everybody say inquires God. Inquires God. When you're attacked, you have to acknowledge that you're distressed. And in your distress, you have to learn to strengthen yourself in the Lord. And as you strengthen yourself in the Lord, you don't just do whatever it feels right. Often, okay, often what seems the right reaction is not always God's will. Okay, what seems right may not be God's will. So after you strengthen yourself, you got to inquire God. God, do you want me to go? Go. Do you want me to attack? Do you want me to go after them? Do you want me to fight this battle or do you want me to sit it out? God says, go, David, for you will plunder. You're going to catch up and you're going you're gonna to recover everything. Romans 8.14 says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, are the children of God. What God is saying is this. You want to recover everything? Then you have to live as son and daughter of God. How you live as a son and daughter of God? You are being led by him. Not what you think is the best. Not pros and cons. And I'm going to choose this because this has three more pros, pros than this. No. That's not how sons and daughters make decisions. Sons and daughters of God, no matter what, we seek the face of God. God, what is your will? And even if this way has more cons than pros, you say amen and you walk the path. You are sons of God, daughters of God, then you are led by the spirit of God. Long story short, in verse 18, so David recovered all. They said he fought them for two days, from morning all the way to night next day, okay? He recovered all, okay? Verse 19, and nothing of theirs was lacking, either small. Oh, that's so small. I don't think God, I don't think it really matters. You know what? It matters to God. Oh, I don't really need that, you know? Like, yeah, right? Oh, no, to God it matters, small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything, which they have taken from them. David recovered all. Everybody say, David. David. Recovered. Recovered. All. all. Okay, come on. Worship team, come up here. Okay? Nothing was lacking. But you know what? Not only if you go to verses like 20-something and down, not only did they recover everything, they came back with more spoils. Yeah. And in the scripture verses following this, you know what it said? That David divided and sent, sent spoils, sent gifts and rewards, right? To what he brought back from this war, he sent it to the elders of Judah. And if you read, there's like so many cities that he sent gifts to. Living home, look around. We're a small church. What can such a small church do? We're small. But you know what? Every time we fight the Lord's battle, yeah. we come with yeah. much spoil. Do you know how many kids we have rescued? Mm. 
Do you know how many souls we saw come to Jesus? Yeah. We're small. Yeah. But when we, when, when we recover all, it's not just for you and I to just eat, drink, and be merry. When we recover all, we're going to bring back more spoils, and we're going to bless the body of Christ. We're going to bless others, not only living hopers, but many others. Stephen Furtick, I was listening to his sermon, one of his sermons a long time ago. He said, you know what's crazy is this. When Jesus saw the four friends that carried their friend that couldn't walk, when Jesus saw their faith and what they have done for their friend, Jesus forgave the man. But when Jesus heard the thoughts of the critics, you know, the thoughts of the haters, when people come against you, when people judge you, misunderstand you, when Jesus heard their thoughts, that's when Jesus healed the man. Often, when we give up this space, we're victims of haters. But you know what? When I was listening to that, you know, I thank God for the haters. But because of your thoughts towards me, that's not good. God's going to release healing and breakthrough on my behalf. On my behalf. When we are able to see through God's eyes, there is no opposition that's going to destroy us. Even bad things God will use for the good. I want you to stand up. And I want you to look at your hands. What do you possess? What do you not possess? What you have once possessed? What is lost? Do you have faith that you will recover them? Job 20, 10, it says, All his children will seek the favor of the poor and his hands will restore his wealth. I heard the Lord saying, Did you lose wealth? I'm about to allow you to recover that. Verse 18, he will restore that for which he labored. Maybe you feel like you work so hard, but you don't get to like really eat the fruit of your labor thus far. You know what? You're going to recover that. Job 33, 26, it says, for he restores the man his righteousness. You feel like your righteousness, you've lost it. God is saying you're going to restore, you're going to recover that. Job 42, 10, the Lord restored Everything Job lost. His health, his wealth, everything. God is giving us that promise. I will restore double to you. You know what's required? is expectation mindset. Not expecting doom, but expecting good. That your eyes will see the goodness of the Lord while you are alive. Not next season, but this season. That's the trap of the enemy. Not now, but later. But that later becomes more later. And that later becomes more later so that you don't live the life abundant that God already paid the price for. Expectation mindset. What what is your space filled with? God is saying, will you take your space back? Give up that anxiety. Replace it with faith. No more doom and anxiety for tomorrow. But let's expect good. You know what? Because our God is good. Our God is good. 
Today, we're going to take our space back. You're going to take your freedom back. You're going to take back your space that has been occupied by anxiety, negativity, and unbelief. If you feel like you had no choice and you had no hope, that means that space was given up. But God is saying, son, daughter, take back your space. Will you pray with me right now? God, I thank you that you are God. You are God. You are good. And you have given us not just a good word, but he's, you have given us a prophetic word for this season. My sons and daughters, living hope, you will recover all. Just as David recovered all, you will recover what you have lost. But not only will you recover what you have lost, but I will restore double to you. I will restore double to you. So Father, we lift up our hands, our heart, and we say, we choose to believe. We're gonna, we're going to take back our space and we're gonna position ourselves, God, in that super position place, in that space of freedom and victory where you and I, God, can dwell, God. Where I'm gonna see my tomorrow with your perspective, Lord. I am going to live my today expecting good tomorrow. So, Father, right now, Lord, break every lie of the enemy, God. Break every stronghold of anxiety, God. Right now, I come against every demonic anxiety attack. God, your people have experienced panic attacks and anxiety attacks, Lord. We come against it in the name of Jesus. We lift up the name of Jesus, the power of, in the name of Jesus, Spirit of God, empower us to take our space back, to take our space back. Come on, Chinway, take us. 